0: The Carter Report
1: presents The Living Word Around the World. Hello, friend. I'm John Carter. Welcome today to The Carter Report. My guest today is an American attorney, Alan Reinick, who is a great champion of religious liberty and civil freedoms. He believes, and I believe it too, that freedom here in the United States is under attack. We're going to talk about it today. Welcome to this special edition of The Carter Report. Hi, I'm John Carter. I guess the toughest place that I've ever been to as far as the preaching of the gospel is concerned is India, home to more than a billion souls. And I guess hundreds of millions of Different gods. It almost overwhelms the senses. What can we do? Well, we've been to India, we've run outdoor meetings, we've had thousands and thousands of people, Hindus and Muslims, at our meetings coming forward in altar calls. But we're going to try to do something else as well. We're going to start small. We're starting with a program called Touching the Untouchable. And we're going to start with little untouchable girls. We're doing this now. We're getting them food because they're so hungry. Hard to come to Jesus when you're hungry. And so we're getting them food and we'll be sending them to school. We're trying to feed their souls and fill their bellies in India. Home to more than a billion souls and hundreds of millions of gods controlled by evil spirits. Please help us in this work. Please help us, write to me, John Carter, Post Office Box, 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358, or write to me at Terry Girl in Australia. We have an Australian office, as we have an Indian office, with somebody there working full-time, trying to touch the untouchables, with the love of Jesus. Please write to me today, And Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. Welcome to the Carter Report, and Ellen, a super welcome to you. It's great to be back with you. You're a great guest, and we are blessed by your contributions to these discussions. Thank you, John. Now, we're talking about freedom. And we believe that freedom is based upon the Bible. We do. We believe it's based upon Protestantism, that we come from the very hand of God, and every person is important, and therefore every person has the right to freedom. Tell me about postmodernism, please. Well, it's true, John, that
0: America has been a beacon of freedom to the world because of our Protestant foundations. Not, Not everybody understands that or believes that. And that doesn't mean that everyone in the founding of our country were believers, were born again, were saved, were Christians, but there was a Protestant culture that respected the rights of the individual. The culture. And it came out of the Protestant doctrines about the necessity of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ through faith. Now, for a long time, there was this kind of philosophical contest between uh, Christianity and the Enlightenment, which was rational. It was secular. And there was this idea of the inevitability of human progress. But really with the um, collapse of the Twin Towers, the Enlightenment uh, idea of human progress collapsed with it. And the terrorist activities did more to destroy the Enlightenment than two centuries of debate with Christianity. This is absolutely astounding what you're saying. But in the meantime, uh, out of the cultural revolution of the 60s and the 70s, we had the New Age movement, which morphed into what we call postmodernism. And modernism, by contrast, was, you know, the Enlightenment was rationalism, was logical, was based on reason. Uh, Humanism was part of the enlightenment and the notion that the human brain we could reason, we could think, we could develop uh, for ourselves. Postmodernism on the other hand essentially supplants experience
1: in place of logic and reason. Alan, it is believed today by millions that we are the product of time plus matter plus chance. This, of course, is neo darwinism Man is the product of time plus matter plus chance. Therefore, you don't need the Bible. And if you don't need the Bible, the concept of freedom, personal freedom, is an antiquated notion. You know, all we have to
0: do is go back and look at the latter part of the 19th century, when we had what was known as social Darwinism, survival of the yes. yes. It was a very brutal time in the early part of uh, the industrializing of America. And, Alan, the 20th century, the greatest wars in the history of the human race. And the greatest uh, destruction of human life, uh, systematically by government.
1: Uh, Now, you know about Nietzsche, don't you? Yes. Uh, Nietzsche was the great philosopher who said... There is no god and therefore if there's no god the death of god always leads to the death of man. Hitler slept with a copy of Friedrich Nietzsche the German philosopher under his pillow. Look, if man is not
0: does not have inherent dignity because he's created in god's image, yes,
1: then why should we care about protecting human rights? And this is the very very heart of the matter, and we want the audience to understand this. The very heart of of this matter is human dignity and freedom. Let's talk about your right to practice your sexuality and my rights to practice my religion. They're in
0: conflict, John. And um, this is really the main issue facing religious freedom in America today is how do we achieve a live and let live politically, legally, that respects the rights of the LGBT community to... And we should
1: respect those rights.
0: Of course. We don't to, believe
1: in, in that philosophy, but we, we need to respect those rights. Everyone has, in, in
0: America... Our genius of our system is respecting everyone's right to live according to their own vision, their own values, their own lifestyle, their own religious beliefs. The problem is, right now it seems to be a zero-sum game where there's this culture war between the LGBT community on the one hand and and liberal, secular, civil rights community versus the religious right uh, that's very anti-gay and anti-gay rights and so there's this clash and the left wants to see religious freedom as the enemy and the right wants to see gay rights as the enemy and very few on either side are willing to find some sort of middle ground, Uh, some sort of compromise. The old
1: intolerance. Alan, I, I want to make a statement. In fact, I'm going to read it. I want everybody to hear this statement. I want them to listen up and hear what we believe on homosexuality. I believe that a homosexual has the God-given right to be a homosexual. Amen? Well said, yeah. I may not agree or disagree with homosexuality. That's not the point. But I believe we should defend the rights of all men and women. As Christians, we are called to show unconditional love. Please comment, Alan. The culture war
0: has taught the homosexuals taught the gay person that god hates fags. Oh this this is
1: disgusting. This, this is, is dreadful.
0: This is not my language. This no, is no, the no. language I that don't. we hear. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so And that's so unchristian. We have the language in the church about loving the sinner and hating the sin, but frankly, the sinner all they hear and feel is the hatred. Yes. And you know, beyond the political and legal issues for Christians the main event is the gospel of Jesus Christ that Christ died for everyone. Yes. For gays, for straight people, for mm. blacks, for whites, for people of all faiths, every human being. There's a great leveling. The gospel is the great leveler. We are all sinners and we are
1: all loved by God, and Christ died for each one of us. Now, of course, we're going to get letters and phone calls from people who are going to object to your sentiments, and object to my ideas. Let me read it again, Alan. I believe that a homosexual has the God-given right to be a homosexual. I may not agree or disagree with homosexuality. That is not the point. But I believe we should defend the rights of all men and women. As Christians, we are called to show unconditional love. You know, I'm
0: reminded, John, that in the book The Keys of This Blood, a Roman Catholic yes, scholar, Malachi Martin, and, and uh, mm. insightful guy, a, a Jesuit. He characterized Seventh Day Adventists, of which I am one, yes. of believing that everyone has the right to be wrong. Of course. Now, your what you believe to be wrong is going to be different from what somebody else Absolutely. believes to be wrong. Absolutely. Yes. And and mm. you know, Malachi Martin will have a different view on on what's wrong mm. in religion than I do. Yes. So I I think he was right.
1: Absolutely right. We believe that people have the right to disagree, to be different. Well, of course, in the great uh, and America was founded on that principle, of Protestantism. But in the Roman Catholic countries, for a thousand years, people had the right to be right. (laughs) Well, this is it. They did not have the right to be wrong. No. Uh, the Pope said you don't have the right to be a heretic. You error, don't have the right to teach heresy. Error has no rights. That was the philosophy. But we believe in the right to be wrong.
0: Well, the, Of the, course. See, the problem is if you don't have the right to be wrong, then who has the right to define what is right?
1: <laughs> and whoever has that <laughs> right course. has the power then to oppress people who disagree. And we believe that that concept of persecution is the very heart An essence of Antichrist. Correct. Now, Ellen, here it is. Wait for it. Should a Christian be forced by the government to participate in so-called same-sex marriage when his religion says it is wrong? I'm thinking particularly of the pizza people who wouldn't go along to a, a wedding and they got a big fine. I don't remember the pizza ones.
0: There's a florist. There's a baker. Um, uh, there's you know several that have yes, been fined.
1: The florist will do, and the baker will be. You know, okay.
0: one of one, and I, I won't quote who it is, but one of the Republican candidates for president, I thought, uh, when interviewed by NPR, made a very good distinction. He said, "Look." Um, Nobody has the right in their businesses, to dis- should, should have the right in their businesses to discriminate against gays and not serve gays. And he's right. Gays. He's right. And I agree with that. I yes. support laws that mm. outlaw discrimination against gays. Yes. Um, but he said when it comes to same-sex weddings, the issue is not discriminating against people. It's ab- abstaining from participating in an event that they don't agree with, that they can't participate in. And that's called Christian charity intolerance, isn't it? Well, I think it is. Uh, it's certainly not intolerant to say, I'll be happy to provide you with services, but don't ask me to
1: participate in an event that I can't conscientiously agree with. Uh, the President of the United States said recently that Christians have been guilty of gross intolerance. Historically, that's true, that's isn't true. it? That's true. But we're going to talk about this when we come back your Watching the Carter Report, I'm John Carter. This is attorney Alan Reineck. We're glad that you've joined us today. This is a great program on freedom. We're talking about how our freedoms are being undermined and attacked. We're going to take a little pause now and we'll be back. God has his time and his place for everything. And the time and the place now is Latin America, including Cuba. Time magazine talks about the second Protestant Reformation and describes how hundreds of thousands, even millions of Latinos, are coming to the gospel of Christ. I'm not an armchair theologian. I'm speaking according to experience. I've seen it with my own eyes recently we went down to el salvador there i spoke in the largest football stadium in central america with the biggest crowd that that football stadium had ever ever seen they came not to see a football match but to hear about the blood of christ millions are coming to a knowledge of god in latin america Doors are opening in Cuba. Who knows? We may be going to Cuba soon. As the doors open, by the grace of God, we are going to step through those doors. And we want you to step through those doors with us and be part of our team for such a time as this. Please write to me, friend. Don't put it off. Write to me, John Carter. Post Office Box 1900. Thousand Oaks, California, 91358, in Australia. Write to me at Terrigal, New South Wales. Be part of the Second Reformation. Join us. See the miracles of God. Amen. Welcome back to The Carter Report. We have a great program today because we have a great guest. Alan Reinick, attorney, we're privileged to have you on our program today. The privilege and joy is mine, John. Now, Alan, this question is so good, I'm going to read it so I don't sort of mess it up. (laughs) Can not Christians and other persons of faith, like us, agree to respect the rights of homosexuals? And cannot homosexuals agree to respect the rights of religious people like you and me? I call that live and let live.
0: And I think that's that ex- biblical. That's exactly what we need to achieve in America is a system of laws and a culture that allows all of us to live together. The church has the right to have our schools, to have our institutions to serve the community according to our own values, which for many religions do not respect same-sex marriage, but those who believe in same-sex marriage and want to participate in it, they should also have uh, their rights and their lifestyle respected.
1: As you said before, uh, the man who wrote the keys of this blood, Malachi Martin, said, people have the right to be wrong. Well, he
0: was deriding Seventh-day Adventists as having that position. He'd, Catholics don't... Oh, he, he didn't agree with that position? Uh, no, I don't believe he did. Uh-huh. It's a while since I've read the book. Yeah,
1: it's, a, it's a, been about 20 years since uh, it was published. Yeah, yeah, and that book was a bombshell. Uh, President Neil Wilson said to me, that was like great controversy written by Alan White from the other side. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was the inside look. From Uh the other side. Sure. And what Malachi Martin said, if he was deriding Adventists, well, we take that as a compliment. Well, I think it's an accurate description that we believe
0: uh, the law should not sit in judgment as to who... Look, the right to be wrong. If you go back to the early days of the Reformation... The Anabaptists, those who were baptizing grown-up people, yes. they were being persecuted and drowned by the state for their heresy. They were. And they said, you know, they came up with the notion that, well, maybe the state shouldn't be solving
1: theological disputes over, you know, when to baptize people. A- and this, isn't this true with the Supreme Court pontificating on, on sexuality? Well, I don't know what the court is going to do. Um, The Seventh-day Adventist Church
0: urged the court to be mindful of religious freedom in its decision on Uh same-sex marriage.
1: Yes. Are we seeing intolerance on the rise in America?
0: Well, I think we're seeing intolerance from both the left and the right Mutually directed at one another, the Sadducees and the Pharisees,
1: uh, so to speak. Yes, yeah. Yeah, you know all about that. You could, you know, I know about that too. Yeah, uh, the left wing and the right wing in in the in the movement of Judaism. Right, mm. and we have it today in North America, but in the Christian Church and everywhere. And let us say this: uh, atheists like to think that they are very tolerant people. Some of the most intolerant people in the history of the world have been atheists. Look at Pol Pot. Mm -hmm. Look at Stalin and Lenin and and these unspeakable monsters and their genocides. Look, you know,
0: several years ago there were court cases about the phrase under God and the Pledge of Allegiance, whether that violated Mm. the Establishment Clause Mm. of, of the American Constitution. I think it's incredibly important that all elected officials, all government officials understand that they answer to a higher power. Yes, but most of them don't seem to realize this that any longer. they cannot exercise power with impunity, that regardless of what they may get away with here on earth, yes. that there is a judgment Absolutely. day. Absolutely. And I think the concept of being under God, of exercising power on behalf of the people as stewards of the people and under the judgments of god
1: this is what can preserve democracy the president of the united states said very recently that the christian church has been in history a very intolerant organization <sighs> that's a pretty transparently obvious statement yes, anybody who has read yes anybody who knows anything at all He is right, but so have the Muslims and the Hindus, the Jews, and the atheists. And the reason is, Alan, it's because it's a part of our fallen, sinful human nature. That's just what I was going to say. It's
0: part of human nature. Um, And, of course, it was the context that he was criticized for, because we're dealing with a resurgent militant Islam uh, that has been persecuting uh, people of different the faiths, Christians, and Christians, the Yazidis, yes, Jews, burning
1: the churches, uh, and other Muslims, you know, burning mosques even.
0: We've uh, been uh, just terribly upset by the images of the Christians in Egypt yeah, being dreadful, kneeling dreadful. and and hooded and being uh, uh, their heads cut off.
1: Well, they horrible. certainly they certainly don't believe in the right to be wrong, do they?
0: Uh, no, they don't. No. And that's ultimately a good idea of where that leads us. Yes. Uh,
1: Yes. Intolerance ultimately leads us to what uh, Mm. ISIS is doing. Yes, which is a, a demonic organization. The Muslims built a mosque near Ground Zero in New York, and lots of people were horrified. Did these Muslims have the right to build a mosque on American soil in good old New York. Now, you're asking a New Yorker about what to do in New York. Well, if I'm talking to a New Yorker, I'm going to get a plain (laughs) answer.
0: (laughs) You know, they bought property. And uh, they had every right to do with their property whatever they wanted to do. To tell them that you can do anything but practice your religion on your property uh, how does that fit with the American idea? The biggest problem with the Ground Zero mosque, John, hmm. is that it wasn't. It was blocks, several blocks away from Ground Zero, and nobody who ever went to visit Ground Zero would ever have a clue
1: that there was a mosque in the neighborhood. Well, there was a it little was bit all in- hype yeah, and, and a little bit of intolerance. Of course. Good old-fashioned intolerance. It was several blocks away and,
0: you know, anything that's around the corner in New York, you don't even know it's there. No, of course not.
1: (laughs) Now, it is true, is it not, my attorney friend, that people today in this land of freedom and prosperity lose their jobs because of their religious convictions, or else if they don't lose their jobs, they don't even get a chance of getting a job. That is the bread and butter
0: of our work, John, is representing people who suffer religious discrimination at work. Is it common? It's all too common. We are kept extremely busy representing folks like this, intervening with employers, trying to help people keep jobs. And perhaps the biggest problem is that job applications ask about are you available seven days? Yes. And people who are not available, yes. because maybe they say, well, I go to church every Sunday morning, I'm not available on Sunday morning, or I observe the seventh-day Sabbath, I'm not available Sunday on Friday, Sunday on Saturday, or maybe I just attend prayer meeting or choir practice every week and I'm not available Wednesday evenings or Tuesday evenings.
1: They get screened out They don't even get their foot in the door. Well, we have a young man who works for us, Alan DeLeon. He's a fine young fellow. Uh, Name like Alan, he must be. Pardon? Name like Alan, he must be. Oh, he's got to be all right. He's got to be all right. (laughs) So Alan was working in a hotel in Pasadena. And the time came when uh, the Sabbath issue came along, and he said, I can't violate my conscience. And so they said, fired out the door. But the good news is he has a better job because now he's working for the Carter Report. Uh, Ellen, tell me what you do to defend the religious rights of minorities who are losing their jobs because of their religious convictions. You know, we're very proud,
0: John, of the fact that we represent people of all faiths. That's great. Was, I never knew that. It's a Seventh-day Adventist organization. Yes. We have lots of Adventists yes. who suffer discrimination because of Sabbath observance. Hmm. And that's how we got our start. That's how we got our experience. But hmm. we've been recognized as experts in the field of religious discrimination. Yeah, that's terrific. And we get referrals for Muslim patients, uh, clients, uh, Mormons, Catholics, Sunday-keeping Christians, Jews, uh, all kinds of issues where people are suffering discrimination in the workplace. And so you go to court for them? We do. Who pays If's the necessary. bills? necessary. Who pays the money? Uh, the organization foots the bill and we provide That's our service. That's the services. Adventist church? Uh, yes it is. So we defend Mormons? We do defend people of any faith and, and Muslims. who suffer discrimination. Yes, it's Because we believe in the right to be wrong? <laughs> we believe that everyone has to stand before God uh, and give an answer for themselves. They don't answer to you John. And they don't answer to me. Or to the general conference. Uh, They answer to God. Yes. And so we're not responsible for what they believe. But we are responsible for how we live the love of Jesus Christ and live that love and show that love to
1: every person. This is another reason why we like you so much, Alan. Yeah. Because you're defending the rights of Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses and Muslims and everybody else. How much success are you having? Uh, The Lord is good.
0: And uh, he, uh, you know, he steps in when, when uh, we're weak, uh, and he has blessed our ministry. But you are saving
1: you are saving people so they can keep their jobs and uh, get jobs.
0: Uh, sometimes we help people get their jobs back. Oftentimes, uh, it'll be some kind of financial settlement and they'll move on with their lives, but we're holding companies to account. And what we find is that once companies have been held to account, at least some of them get the message and they do differently in the future. And that's the goal.
1: This is the last question, Alan. It's gotta be a quick answer. What should concerned Christians do to defend freedom? Well, I think first of all,
0: you need to be informed, pay attention to what's going on, Hmm. and, and be prepared to get involved Make your voice count on the issues of the day. Be prepared to contact your congressmen, your state representatives. uh, Find organizations
1: that you can support, uh, that you can work with. Stand up for the truth. Thank you for joining us today. This has been a great program with Alan Reinick. We hope you have enjoyed it. Please write to me, John Carter. Post Office Box 1900. You can see it on the screen. Write to me in Australia at Terrigal. Write to Alan Reinick at the Pacific Union Conference where he is a defender of the rights of all people, Muslims, Jews, Gentiles, Catholics, John Carters, to defend (laughs) the right of freedom. So please write to him and support him and support us too in the preaching of the word of God around the world. This has been great to have you with us today, Alan. Great to have you with us today. Till next time, thank you. God bless you.